0: Mike.
1: oh hi i'm malaria (laughs) um i'm just fiddling with the um the new recording
0: device yes yes and not paying attention at all sorry this pcast uh, this pcast this bcast is a whole experiment and new sound recording yeah
1: yeah so Uh but we're not going to tell you the results
0: ever exactly ever (laughs) Um,
1: What'd you use for that podcast? Well, we called Jake, and well, he set some shit up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So today we just finished watching a movie called Decapitated. It is a a trauma film. I believe we talked about it a bit on one of the previous podcasts.
1: Yeah, our camping episode of camping goodness.
0: But yeah, malaria had not seen it yet, so I decided to bring it over.
1: This is this whole B podcast thing is just an experiment in making malaria watch movies yeah. that she hasn't seen yet.
0: Well, honestly, it works. I mean, even if we weren't doing a podcast, I, I had friends back in the day. They had a B movie night, mm-hmm. and it sounded awesome. And now we kind of have that going, and then we podcast. So yeah,
1: so join us for B movie night every Friday. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you don't get to join us
0: until Saturday, so (laughs) fuck you. So, what did you think of the movie, now that you've seen it?
1: I thought it was probably one of the most well-acted movies I've ever seen. Gains down. (laughs) That's only slightly sarcastic.
0: (laughs) Um, The movie is actually pretty well-acted for a low-budget film. Every character is kind of like a caricature. They're all kind of playing role stereotypes. There's a black guy who's extremely athletic, and, yeah, he had this whole jock thing going on. There was uh, the very stupid girl. Paige. Paige, yes. Oh,
1: this is how good it was. I actually remembered all the characters' names. <laughs> the blonde dude was Garrett, and he was with... um April. Mm-hmm. And then the, um, the stupid girl was Paige and she was with Toby the nerdy guy.
0: Yep, yep.
1: And Roger and Candace were together and uh, Roger I guess was like a normal guy? Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, he, he didn't have a whole lot going on. Candace was the bitch. Yeah. And then there was uh, Vince, the black guy. Played by Jonathan Scott.
0: Mm-hmm. Then Garrett and April, they were just a very overly enthusiastic couple. They were just really gung-ho about going camping and having a good time.
1: Yeah, and they were kind of stupid.
0: <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. I mean, Not as stupid as Paige, though. <laughs> the movie does start with the, those two going to a travel agent to book a camping trip. A travel which, agent's life.
1: You don't need an agent to go camping. you just <laughs> go
0: <laughs> and they were like, "Oh but yeah it's it's a good time um, the, uh, the the there's a good amount of music in it.
1: oh my gosh, the music is like happy forties like jazz kind of um uh, like Fallout 3 kind um, of music. Yeah. Um,
0: this is this is specifically when the killer is on screen. Yeah. The killer skips around yeah <laughs> with a machete to some crazy 40s music. And yeah, it's uh it's just quite humorous. Now, uh I guess I should explain that this is a trauma movie. <clears throat> there are two different kinds of trauma movies. Trauma is a—I I've probably explained this before, but trauma is an independent film company that have a, almost forty years of movies. They've they're like—they're
1: like film producers. They're not necessarily directors. So if you make a movie and send it to them, they like it.
0: They'll put it out for you. Yeah. They'll make yeah. some box art, which will have nothing to do with your movie. And uh, they'll put it on a shelf, and they'll have it for sale. Um, <clears throat> and this is a... They have they have the movies where Lloyd Kaufman directs, and he is the president of Troma. And the movies that he directs, they're the, the solid films of Troma. They're the ones they're famous for. But he's also got... They've also got this library of movies that they picked up from independent artists over the years. And Decapitated falls into one of those.
1: Uh, also Cannibals
0: musical. Cannibal musical as They well. both
1: take place in Colorado. <laughs> yeah. that's. Strangely enough. Um, so if you want to be a successful B movie maker, move to Colorado.
0: Exactly. Um, and what makes Decapitated so different and Cannibal as well, is that they are actually very good movies yeah um 90 maybe maybe 85 percent of these movies that, that they pick up and distribute that they don't make are oh, just terrible almost unwashable bad film quality bad sound quality
1: there's an example of the awesome awesome music <laughs> That is their Killers theme music. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be thinking that at work one
0: day. I'm just going to be like... Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> and somebody's going to recognize it. They're going to be like, oh no, Mal's got something going on. <laughs> um,
1: They're going to be like, was that from Decapitated? I love that. <laughs> so love
0: my new office. It's great. It's full of people <laughs> who are awesome. That's cool. So there's actually a chance that some of these people might know Decapitated. Or they would appreciate
1: me telling them about it. (laughs) At the very least.
0: So this movie's only got a 4.7...
1: I'm giving it a 10.
0: ...rating on IMDb. And yeah. um, It's at least a 7 or 8, in my opinion. Um, But... It's definitely a comedy. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's more of a comedy than it is a horror,
1: and it's also uh, exploitation because it exploits uh, transvestites mm-hmm. and uh, anime blood.
0: It does do a lot of anime blood.
1: Yeah, and and camping movies. It's, it's just an exploitation of camping
0: movies. Mm-hmm. Even there's <laughs> a little treatment in the beginning that's kind of uh, kind of like an old black and white. Uh, horror movie where it's got the dark lighting and there's, like, lightning going on and the lights keep going out. and. Oh, yeah.
1: Um. And you follow the girl through the woods and she's... She gets stuck in a bear trap and has to cut her leg off. <laughs> then she gets stuck in another bear trap and has to cut her other leg off. And then she's crawling along and she gets her hand stuck in a bear trap and has to cut her hand
0: off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was so funny. But... Yeah, it's just, it's full of goofy stuff. Um, like we said, the characters, they are overreacting at all times. They get all these wounds that, sh- they, uh, that they completely patch up with duct tape, and they never th- mention it again, even though these are some fatal wounds.
1: Yeah, like, um, one dude gets his throat slit. And this is funny. He's, like, out in the woods peeing, and... It's, like, the first guy who dies. So, you know, he's always, like, out in the woods because nothing's going on Mm -hmm. in these woods. So he's peeing in the woods, and uh, the killer just runs by real quick and, like, slits his throat. But he just acts like nothing happens, and he walks back to his tent, and he's all like, hey, uh, yeah, it's, like, cold outside or whatever. Blah! (laughs) Just blood squirts out of his throat, and they're like... (laughs) anime blood everywhere <laughs> and they're trying to patch it up with band-aids
0: <laughs> yeah they've like, got these actual <laughs> small band-aids like and, the the
1: smallest ones in the fucking box that you're just like what are these
0: for and his girlfriend's the the stupid girl uh page she's like i can't open them they're so wet and sticky now <laughs> <laughs> and um
1: um and they end up duct taping around his neck, like all the way around. And it is fine. He's fine.
0: With a super roll of duct tape that's like double wide. And yeah, double wide. It's it's amazing. But his character is mute for the rest of the movie and they have a whole gag where he writes down everything <laughs> he needs to say on little scraps of paper and he gives it to the Anybody main guy else? and he reads it and they get it wrong the first time. It's always like um it's like you wanna to go to the zoo? Then he writes it down again. And it's like, Oh, what happened to you? <laughs> And it's stuff that, like, that wouldn't even look
1: the same on paper.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it always rhymes. It mm, always rhymes. Yes. Uh, but... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just, it's a good little, uh, parody, almost, uh, kind of a tribute movie to the whole camping horror genre. And, uh, I, you know... a Out, you can find it very easily out in stores, but it's on Amazon. You can get it. It's Troma's on YouTube. You know, I think it might be on YouTube. At the very least, there is some easy access to it.
1: Maybe. Decapitated. Yes. It is on YouTube. In
0: in full, so.
1: In uh, the Troma Movies channel. Yes. T R O M A M O V I E S, all one word.
0: Yeah, Trauma movies is it's actually pretty cool. They recently put up about uh, I think it was forty eight to ninety movies in full on their channel, and this is like this is a good way to sample some of them. They've got some of their ones that they made themselves, and they've got a bunch of the ones that they distributed for other people. And you just kind of sit here and <laughs> They've watch... They've
1: seven pages of movies!
0: <laughs> they do. <laughs> um, I will say this. I have had some issues watching these. Um, like, whenever I try to watch one and go full screen on it, it glitches all the hell out and won't play for me. So, I've had to watch... You know, if I try to watch one of these, I have to watch it in the window, which is kind of lame. But, you know. I think
1: the, um, YouTube's been glitching a little bit lately. So that might have something to
0: do with it. But yeah, if you ever get the get get the, if you ever want to go and do something, you know, catch some trauma movies, you can just go to YouTube and there's a big collection of them.
1: They have Cannibal. Yep. They have decapitated. They have some of the Toxic Avenger movies.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Trauma's War. Redneck Zombies. Ur. There's just
1: Yeah, Yeah, we're just going to go through and name all the Troma movies on YouTube, and that'll be our podcast for today.
0: (laughs) No, but it actually looks like there's a good amount of the movies that you would want to see by Troma.
1: Great White death.
0: (laughs) They do have Space Zombie Bingo. I own this movie. It is kind of terrible. It's kind of fun, too, though. That'd be an interesting one to watch.
1: Um... And one of the Toxic Avengers, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, do a short at the end.
0: Mm-hmm. It's really cool. No, wait. They yeah. do shorten short in the end, but that short is actually the, a part of the movie firmer. Oh,
1: Terraformer. That's it. Not Toxic Avenger.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Trey Parker is also in um, Tales from the Crapper, another trauma movie. Maybe. it's actually two trauma movies there were like two projects that somebody was working on and they kind oh. of got uh, they kind of got scrapped and Lloyd Kaufman had to go in and do some b b-roll filming and finish some stuff up to make the two movies into the, the two failed movies into one two-parter movie that's kind of interesting but uh, one of those two Movies. It's like a vampire movie with Julie Strain. a has, uh, has, I think it's Trey Parker in it.
1: Let's see. Actor. Actor. He was an actor in South Park, in South Park, in South, Park in South Park, to America, Tales from a Crapper. Yep. Yep. He was Steve Keen. Oh, he was listed as John Schwartz. That uh, are Juan Swartz, and uh, he was listed as that same name in Cannibal as well.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: Yeah. So if you're watching Cannibal and you're like, Alfred Packer played by John Swartz, I'm pretty sure that was Trey Parker. <laughs> in fact, by pretty sure, I mean, I am 100% positive that that was Trey Parker. Um, I'm confused why. <laughs>
0: Orgasmo. That's a movie to talk about. It is. Actually, let's let's talk about it. Orgasmo is uh, one of their feature films. The uh, Trey Trey Stone and Matt Parker. Did I do that backwards? Yes. Trey Parker, Trey Parker. and Matt Stone. Yes, uh, <laughs> it is one of their three uh, feature-length live-action movies. Um, Cannibal the Musical and Basketball. Those are kind of both a little bit more popular than this, I think.
1: Yeah, I think actually Orgasmo was very popular, and uh, Basketball, and, and Team America.
0: But, um, but Orgasmo is this great movie. It's about a man who, um, invents a gun that you shoot people with that gives them an orgasm. <laughs> and he becomes a superhero named Orgasmo.
1: I think it's, it's um, definitely worth noting that he is a Mormon And he um, he starts out, he's doing his missions where, you know, they knock on your door and try to give you the love of Jesus. And um, I think he might have either been Mormon at one point, for real, and then, um, or that he just lived around a lot of Mormons because he was in the Utah, Colorado area. But he makes fun of Mormons a lot because he made uh, the Book of Mormon Broadway that's out right now.
0: Yeah, I really want to see that. Yeah, the songs are awesome. But anyways,
1: he starts out as a Mormon and he's doing his missions and he's um, not with... His, his girlfriend's not with him because I think it's a thing that only the guys do. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, you correct me on that. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's out in like Hollywood or Los Angeles, and i'm um, I think those might be the same place I don't know um <laughs> and uh he knocks on this porn producer's store like or not store door <laughs> porn producer's door, and uh he's like, "I would like to share the love of Jesus with you, and the dude's like, "Get the fuck out of my out of my driveway, go the fuck <laughs> away and uh and he's just being, you know, what is that word? Persistent. persistent. He's just being persistent about it. And so the porn guy is like 620 ninjas on him to make him go away. Yeah. And he kicks all the ninjas' asses.
0: I think he's apologizing the whole time, too. Yeah, yeah. It's he's like, not- I'm sorry about that. I just, you know. <laughs> um.
1: and, uh, and then he's like, oh, well, this guy's really cool. Hey, dude, you want to be in a movie? I'll pay you a lot of money. And he's like, sure, I'll be in a movie. What kind of <laughs> movie is it? Oh, it's it's a family feature. <laughs> <laughs> he gets in there, and it's like, uh, it's this horrible porn movie. And uh, But he gets, like, suckered into having to do the whole thing, and then he gets to be, like, a real big star and stuff. Um, but he's trying to keep it away from it, like, keep his girlfriend from
0: knowing any of this. Yeah. Um, he he does just the acting parts. They have a uh, stunt cock, yes, yeah, as they call it, yeah. to do the actual hardcore pornography for him. And Matt Stone's in it too. He's the guy that's always like, I don't want to sound like
1: like a queer We're or nothing. nothing.
0: Yeah, yeah, that guy's hilarious. <laughs> he plays this guy with this marvelous perm, <laughs> um, and yeah, he's just he's a he's a stagehand. I think he does like lighting work or camera work. I'm not sure exactly, but
1: um, I bet he is he one of the. Us.
0: He is one of the many humorous characters. Uh, uh, he
1: is Dave, the lighting guy. That oh, lighting guy. There you go. Yeah. Um,
0: but yeah, it's it's a really great movie. Um, he's playing. He's actually the pornos he's in are orgasmo films. It's just made up superhero for porno.
1: Oh, and, and apparently they get so popular that, like, people are taking their kids to see them.
0: Right, there's, like, orgasmo action figures. I'm guessing they have, like, sex-free versions of the movies because kids love it. Yeah. Um, um. But, yeah, um, I think it's his sidekick made a working version of the orgasmo gun.
1: Oh, yeah, it was the same guy that played Little Bitch
0: in yep. Basketball. And uh, so he's, uh, he's like, a genius, but he's just like, I'm doing porn because I like sex. Um, but yeah, so he made a working version of the Orgasmo gun, and <clears throat> once, once, uh, young Joe Orgasmo's character wants <laughs> <an> out, <hour. laughs> uh, wants out of the, uh, the porn movies because he's got enough money and he wants to marry his, his girlfriend, uh, the, uh, the guy played by Ron Jeremy, the, the famous porn star, uh, starts kind of turning the screws on him, and, reveals his true nature
1: yeah Yeah, like i'll send that check in the mail
0: kind of thing yeah it's like very evil i think they eventually
1: it's funny because like if you know eventually uh he goes back there and he's like so you sent me that check in the mail but i still haven't gotten it yet it's been three months
0: yeah
1: and he's like oh i'll just write you another one (laughs) not sending him any
0: money at all so, so you know, just the way he's being treated and the, uh, the fact that his girlfriend finds out about it and everything makes him feel like he has to do something in real life. And so they don the orgasmo gun and he kind of fights crime against this porn boss with the orgasmo gun. Um, and it's just... And apparently... Oh,
1: I don't want to give the end. I was going to say the end. I'm, I'm not going to do that.
0: No, we don't get the end. <laughs> I will say that there is a spirited cameo at the end by Mr. Lloyd Kaufman, president of Trauma. Oh,
1: I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, he's, a. Uh... He's one of the people in the... Yay, Joe. You're winning. Um, uh, not quite. He, no. he, uh... He plays somebody in the medical And
1: Anyway, the chick... <laughs> um, the chick, uh, Toddy, or the chick that... Yeah, the Toddy Walters was actually Trey Parker's girlfriend at the time. Oh yeah. She was the chick that played uh she was also the chick that played uh the girl in Cannibal the musical that was like the reporter. Okay. And um so she was actually his girlfriend at the time. I think it might have been his first girlfriend, uh since Leanne dumped him.
0: Oh yeah.
1: And Um, because Cannibal was all, like, just getting over her. Yeah. Calling Leanne, like, a horse (laughs) and, uh, making fart noises every time they said her name. Um, she's also the, uh, bassist for Leanne Cartman (laughs) in South Park. Nice. Um, anyways, so, Tommy Walters is his, uh, was his girlfriend at the time, but she did not play his girlfriend in the film. She played one of the porn stars, the one with, like, the really huge
0: tits yeah, and blonde the fake hair. Yeah, the boobs, yeah.
1: And, uh, and at the end, when uh, when Trey Parker's character, Joe, and uh, the girl, or his girlfriend in the movie, are, like, making out, mm-hmm. like, hardcore. But everybody's around, like, you know, it's one of those, the group gets together and celebrates kind of mm-hmm. thing. Uh, you can see her, like, looking at them, like, how the How dare he stick his tongue that far down her throat? (laughs) Why is he so enthusiastic? You can just see her just glaring at
0: him. Wow, that's just unfortunate. Well, not um, yeah, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but yeah, that's a good bit of background knowledge on that. Uh, Mal here is our resident Trey Parker, Matt Stone. Uh, expert, as it were. Obsessionist. Yes, yes. Um, stalker. Stalker. Kind of. Except I don't have any money, so I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. You don't want to admit to being a stalker because that's actually like a...
1: internet stalker. <laughs> not so much like researcher. Researcher. I have no idea what they're doing lately, though.
0: Uh, I have more South Park.
1: Well, yeah, more South Park.
0: I wish they do more movies. I think that's where they really shine.
1: Yeah. Well, they're doing Broadway now. That's true. I did say that earlier. I know what they're doing. Broadway! <laughs> they're not actually in the movie, or in the show. They no, just made it. No, yeah. Wrote all the songs. Trey Parker actually, I think, minored in music.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, he got a certificate in Japanese or something. See, I'm not a very good stalker researcher. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. He studied Japanese... Uh, and he wrote the script for the Japanese part of Cannibal the Musical.
0: Well, it makes sense because, uh, he, uh, of their movies, both Cannibal and South Park are musicals, and then yeah. he goes on to make, uh, the Book of Mormon, which is a musical, and so he's obviously got a thing for musicals and music in general.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of music in South Park. Team America is a musical. Um.
0: Yeah, Team America. That movie freaks me out. I can't. <laughs> puppets. They, they, I don't do puppets oh, well. Oh, that part where Gary's just puking. And he's puking.
1: <laughs> and he's puking. Oh. And he's puking.
0: I mean, it was a funny movie. Just, I wish they'd done anything but puppets. Animation.
1: Duh. <laughs> oh, puppets freak you out, don't they? Yeah, they
0: do. I, they
1: I, weren't puppets. They were marionettes. They... Animatronic marionettes. No, no.
0: Marionettes are like the worst kind of puppets. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, my personal hangups aside, though, it is a pretty good movie, and the music in it is quite memorable. I, I still have on my iPod one of my favorite songs from that movie, Pearl Har Pearl, Pearl Harbor, Harbor sucks, sucks, and I, and miss, I you.
1: miss you. <laughs> um,
0: I just I cracked up when I heard that song, and I'm like, yeah. I wrote
1: that to some of my friends, and they were like, that's an awesome song! You're a great writer! And I'm like, I didn't write that. I can't <laughs> believe you haven't seen that movie. <sighs>
0: yeah.
1: Um, yeah, so he he knows he can speak Japanese. In fact, I think his, his wife is Asian. Okay. So, um, that makes sense. I think she's from Asia. Um, and uh so, uh, the guy, uh, Masao Maki was in both Orgasmo and Cannibal. Yeah. He, he played was... the chief Indian and the um the G Fresh in G Orgasmo. Fresh, yeah. So that was pretty cool.
0: He's a he's a really good character actor. I he's amazing in both films. Um he he his big shtick in both well, in this one is that he's a Japanese guy who's playing a gangster yeah and he, in, uh, gangster. Huh? and he runs a sushi bar. yeah he runs a sushi bar and uh, in uh, cannibal he, he's an Indian chief obviously so yeah
1: oh that's so funny like if, when they get to Indian camp, uh, all the teepees are Japanese flags <laughs> and they're all like practicing karate and uh, <laughs> oh man this is awesome. Oh and when they get captured by the Indians. Um at the end of that scene where they're getting captured, you can hear uh one of them saying "Kono gawa wa bakides,
0: mm-hmm. And that
1: just means this movie is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so none of the Japanese stuff that they that they're saying in the
0: movie means anything that they're saying it means. Nice. But yeah, it um it's They've had a great career with movies and they've always uh like remember the roots at Trauma, but they only released the one movie at Trauma because when you release a movie with trauma, you don't make any money. <laughs> That's just how it works. Yeah, but you get your stuff out there.
1: I think as an actor, when he plays for trauma, he's always
0: won swords.
1: Yeah. That might not be true.
0: Well, he's only in He's in terror, from terror from He's Her?
1: uncredited okay, in that. Okay. okay. And he was in uh, *Cannibal*, where he's Juan Shorts, and And he's in
0: the *Tales, from, Tales the from the Crapper* as Juan shorts. shorts. As far as I know, that's all of his trauma credits. So maybe he doesn't really want to be associated with them
1: so much. And uh, at the beginning of *Cannibal*, of uh, the twenty-fifth edition release or whatever, mm-hmm. the the trauma trauma does shorts in front of it. Yep, yep. And uh, it's Lloyd Kaufman, like, setting up barriers all the way down the block saying, oh, we're getting ready for Trey Parker to show up. Yeah, Trey <laughs> Parker for the 25th anniversary of Cannibal the Musical. Yeah, Trey Parker. And they're just like, uh, you know, and, like, cops are around and stuff. I'm pretty sure he just found somebody setting up barriers for a parade <laughs> and was just like, oh, we got to film this and make shit up. And, uh...
0: <laughs> I can pretty much guarantee you that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> he does that all the time. And,
1: uh... It's just so funny. They, um... And then, you know, like... Like an hour later... Oh, yeah, it's been, like, four hours. Trey <laughs> Parker's gonna meet up very soon. Very soon. And, like, the cops telling them to get the fuck away. <laughs> it's like, go away. Oh, well, I'm friends with Trey. <laughs> if it weren't for me, he wouldn't have a job.
0: <laughs> well, I mean... I don't know if he doesn't necessarily want to be associated with trauma, but I know that he he doesn't snub them by any means. No, uh, he doesn't he,
1: ever make fun of anything of theirs. Actually,
0: um, he is actually he's on the he was in a documentary, one of the many documentaries uh, in the make your own damn movie set. Nice. Where
1: they in
0: where they uh, they were interviewing him.
1: That's a uh, documentary by
0: trauma yeah yes uh it's a companion piece to a series of books that they do uh trauma has gone into well lloyd coffin specifically has gone into writing a series of books about how to make your own movies it's like make your own damn movie write your own damn movie direct your own damn movie etc because what trauma is all about is getting young filmmakers to go and make their own movies and um but yeah, so there's a DVD box set that came with all these uh, behind-the-scenes filming things for uh, Toxic Avenger, Terraformer, Firm, or all this stuff. And in one of them, uh, <clears throat> they talked to Trey Parker oh. about, um, <clears throat> like, budgeting, I think it was. And he was making Team America at the time. <laughs> and uh, Lloyd Kaufman was still working on Poultrygeist, and so they talked about that a little bit, and... Oh my God! I remember um, one of my favorite South Park episodes was back in the day. Corn was one of my favorite. The bands. Corn
1: episode, <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, they're like the Scooby Gang in this. <laughs> it was probably a Halloween episode, and there's it like was, yeah. there's like a ghost on the in the shipyard, and they gotta find him. And they uh, they go there. They're like, and Jonathan Davis is like Fred or whatever, and they're they're really happy go lucky <laughs> teenagers they're not like death metal corn yeah and i'm pretty i think they might have done the voices
0: i think they did uh, i'm not um, sure exactly but it was like it was a promo for their album issues that was coming out because yeah they did the episode and I, they were like all uh really well spoken and smart the whole time and yeah um,
1: like like 50s children, teenagers
0: Yep, yep And then at the very end like They they figure they solve the crime like Scooby-Doo gang
1: Oh, but they're like uh, Corn powers activate <laughs> <laughs> And uh, <laughs> They turn into corn
0: <laughs> Yeah Oh my god Yeah, I love that episode
1: um, <laughs> One of them's like popcorn Another one's an ear of corn <laughs> One of them's cornbread
0: <laughs>
1: They're like I don't think this did much of anything. Yeah, I think you're right.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, I love when they. Um, and spoilers. This has been quite some time. <laughs> um, but yeah, they uh, they they unveil unveil what uh, was causing the ghosts, and it was like, and we made this pirate ghost with a, a flashlight and a Q-tip, and we made the pirate ghost ship with a candle and a squirrel. <laughs> This is these like ridiculous things. Yeah. That's not the video we want to play. But yeah, it was just as a big time big Korn fan at the time, I, I still like the stuff of theirs that I liked. I'm not sure how much I like the new albums, but um yeah, it was just pretty amazing. And the the episode ended with their new single at the time, which was uh Falling Away From Me. And everybody was all shocked because they were like, "Oh man, uh, like these guys are they're good, wholesome kids, and then they like play their metal music, and everybody was like, "Oh, it's the devil's music <laughs> yeah, oh man, I love going to see corn live, they're amazing. They were my first concert. Uh, it was the spike and Mike uh Twisted tour. And I I got a box with my good friend, Drew, at the Conzico Fieldhouse, um, and we saw Corn and Stained, and apparently just missed my favorite band right now, that I didn't know of back then, Mindless Self-Indulgence, but...
1: Oh my gosh, that's what I'm doing tomorrow. Mess. I need to go (laughs) find my (laughs) tickets. I'll be right back.
0: All right. And while Mel has gone, I shall serenade the audience. What would you do if I sang out a tune? Stop it. Did you tell me to stop it? Would you turn your back and run on me? lend me in and I'll sing you a song. And I'll try not to sing out a key. I get by with little help. My friends! Um, I, I don't know where that came from. The Wonder Years were awesome. Uh, Fred Savage is pretty damn cool. I found it! Found them, yay! Yay! The thing worth talking about, I think, is I, I saw this on the IMD pay, IMDB page at somewhat, some point. Um, Quentin Tarantino and actually I was thinking about him a little bit earlier because in Decapitated they did what did a uh, what is referred to as a Tarantino like trunk shot in every one of his movies they have the one shot that is a camera pointing out of a trunk looking at people who are looking in on the trunk they had one of those in Decapitated now I don't know if that's what they were trying to do exactly but it was pretty much the same shot Um, but yeah, I saw Quentin Tarantino there, um, Tarantino doesn't necessarily make B-movies exactly, I mean, he kind of does, what he does is, what I would say is, uh, he makes A-quality movies based on B-movies, pretty much, like, like, you know, he he makes the high-budget version of a B-film that everybody seems to like. He started out making gangster movies with Pulp Fiction Reservoir Dogs. Then he moved on to, uh, well, I guess another gangster movie with Jackie Brown, but that was. That's not quite a gangster movie. It's more of like a heist thing. It's it's, it's based on a novel by Elmore uh, Elm, Elmore Leonard. Um, You're
1: based on a novel by Elmore Leonard.
0: It actually, um,. I don't know if they're sequels, but uh, there's another movie called, uh, U-Turn, that is also based on an Elmore Leonard novel, and, uh, it actually has Michael Keaton in it playing the same character that he plays in Jackie Brown, uh, so it's kinda, they're, they're not really related, they're different directors and everything, but they're, they're based on books by the same guy, so they're kinda related, um, but, uh, then he, after, Jackie Brown. He went on to uh, Kill Bill, which was a. It was a big departure from what he'd done in the past. It it was this humongous, like, Japanese samurai movie, except like with a white girl instead of like Japanese people. Um, but you know, it was really good. And since then, he made uh, <clears throat> he did a little departure where he and Robert Rodriguez made a movie called Grindhouse, which is actually it's two different movies with like some fake trailers in between. It it's a three hour experience, but it's an amazing experience if you've ever been a fan of like a like you know old drive-ins or uh, they were called uh, they also had like what was called Grindhouse theaters where they just played these, like, exploitation movies, and in between, they showed mo- uh, trailers for other exploitation movies, and they are always, like, really ridiculous and really just fantastic. Uh, um, and, and anyways, like, so they, they made this movie to, uh, to, like, basically, like, be an homage to those those old movies so he made it was a uh a car movie pretty much um like
1: a, death something or other
0: it's called death race death, no not death
1: race is it death race death, death proof. proof
0: so yeah he did death proof and then most recently he did inglorious bastards which was this alternate history world war Two nazi movie not Nazi movie, but uh, it's about American soldiers hunting Nazis in Germany. Oh, uh, that one was good. And it's amazing. Um, it's got Brad Pitt in it. And, uh, it's one of his better roles. It, it really is. It's, it's nothing like anything he's done before. It's kind of really.
1: like his Tyler Durden character, except it's not imaginary. Yeah, yeah, a little bit.
0: He's got a hell of an accent going. He's got this, like, real redneck guy thing going on. And I'm really excited because Christmas of this year they're releasing Quentin Tarantino's most recent movie, Django Unchained, um, which is about a slaver, a slave that gets uh, freed to. Basically, help a uh, oh Kill Bill Volume Three. Maybe? They've they've talked about it. Yeah, there is a. He's got in his mind somewhere Kill Bill Volume Three. He also has a movie called The Vega Brothers. He was talking about because in uh, in Pulp Fiction there was Vincent Vega, mm. and in uh, Reservoir Dogs there's like a
1: another Vega Lou
0: Vega, I think. It's uh, Quentin Ter- It was uh, Harvey Keitel and John Travolta. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, there we go. Michael Madsen, Vic Vega. Ah, Vic Vega. So, um, I don't know if he's still planning on doing this movie. Obviously, they've aged quite a bit, and uh, both of them die in the movies they're in, so it would have to be a prequel. <laughs> um, but... It's still, uh, it's still something he's he's talked about. But going back to Django Unchained, that movie is about a slave who gets freed because he uh, freed to work with a hitman, and there's a uh, high paid targets that he needs to take out, and he offers the slave freedom, and if he helps him with the, the hits, he'll get his wife free. At this point, I don't know a whole lot about it. I'm just excited to have it come out so that I can see it. Um, Because, I'll be honest, uh, some of the movies that Quentin Tarantino has come out with in the past didn't look that great to me, in theory, when I saw the previews and such. But they um, were amazing when I actually went and saw them. At any rate, uh, Tarantino has an amazing body of work. You should see all of his movies. They I really like amazing. Kill Bill.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, because of all the comic book sequences and the anime blood.
0: That is true. He has uh, some amazing uh, animated s- sequences uh, built into his... Uh,
1: uh, Kill Bill. Movie.
0: Yeah. I've yeah. <clears throat> been waiting for a very long time for the, uh, the edition of Kill Bill called The Whole Bloody Affair. Ooh. It's both movies edited together. Um, They're edited so that the sequence of events is a little bit different than the way it was when it's two was when it's one movie split in half.
1: Well, it's good to note that the the um, the movie is shot out of sequence. Both movies are shot out of sequence, Mm -hmm. so it's like chapter one is like halfway through the movie, but chapters you know like three might have been in the beginning. Chapter one, chapter six, chapter two, chapter four.
0: Yeah. Um, and that is a, that's kind of Quentin Tarantino's style so it's hard to say how it will play if like I don't know even if he does do it that if, if he's gonna do it like chap you know chapter one straight to chapter five kind of a thing but he's he all I know is that he's re-edited it and he's got more of the uh Orchi Lucy Oranishi. Yeah, the more of her story, the animated stuff you're talking about, there's more of that, oh, that was that's supposed to be awesome. in there. Um, the, the big thing is is that there's about four hours of movie there.
1: I felt really bad for her. Her fate. Yeah. It was upsetting to me, even though she deserved it.
0: She did deserve it, but yeah, she, she, uh, she seemed like, well, less of a maniacal bitch than the other two. <laughs>
1: Oh, like it's aj pop go-go band.
0: Yes, yes, that was a that band. It's the one, two, three, four, fives, I believe. Yeah, um, I think so. And they they played in the Oren Ichii uh, showdown scene, and they got picked up in like all kinds of like they they did a like an Allstate commercial or something with that same song, and so they got really popular after that it's it's an amazing movie um it's been so long ago that it came out and to still be waiting for the ultimate edition drives me crazy a little bit uh the 5, 6, seven, eights. oh alright I I was off by a couple <laughs> um
1: the 5, six, seven, eights are awesome
0: but yeah Kill Bill is a really great movie it's the story of uh a woman who was part of a, a team of assassins and uh, she finds out she's pregnant and so she tries to get away from them and start a new life and her uh, old lover and the head of the assassin team
1: uh, who is the same, they're the same guy
0: Yes, 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 it's the same. The, not,
1: not him and the guy. But yeah. They are the.
0: Same. No, that's is Bill. Bill yeah. is her old lover and the head of the team. Um, he comes on her wedding day, and pretty much kills everybody. Um, yep,
1: kills everybody. Her new husband and her fake grandma
0: and her and yeah, <laughs> her, her new friends, her husband's family, the preacher who's played, uh, the preacher and the musician who's played by Samuel L. Jackson in his small part in this epic tale. Um, but anyways. He kills everybody there. And, he uh, leaves
1: her like barely alive well, and she wakes up in
0: the, hospital, the
1: hospital and she's not pregnant anymore and she just vows vengeance on Bill and everybody who is involved with his gang. Yes. And, um, so she assumes that her child is dead or that she lost the child. hmm And, um, so she, like, hunts everybody down one by one. Uh, first she goes and trains with a ninja Chinese master of kung fu. hmm mm-hmm. And, um, I know I'm gonna get some shit for saying that kung fu and ninjas are the
0: same. <laughs> but, yeah, no, she, she trains with, a. Uh... Well, she trains with. Hitari Hanzo. Hitari H- Hanzo, and there's a flashback later where she trains with, uh. While she was still with Bill, before she was in the assassin team, she trains with uh, Lopan, who is, a, uh, He's actually the same mythical character that is, uh. the magical bad guy in Big Trouble in Little Chinatown.
1: Oh, Raiden! Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's actually Big Trouble in Little China. That's where um, Mortal Kombat got their idea for Raiden. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. That's cool.
0: But yeah, that's it's the same character. I go on
1: like, Midwestern rumors that have no proof
0: whatsoever. But yeah, so uh, she trains with at least two Japanese masters at one point or another. Or Chinese, I don't know the difference. Oh, they were
1: definitely Chinese because she spoke Japanese and he's all like... You're gonna speak that Japanese shit. I'm gonna hit
0: you in the face. <laughs> um, yeah. So <laughs> she trains with them for a long time, and then she goes. It was Oren Ichii, the first one. I know that she's not first in the movie, but I don't know if she's the first one that she goes. I think
1: if Bill's brother was the first one. Oh yeah. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. It was all shot out of order.
0: Yeah, so basically she hunts them all down and. There's five of them. Th- there is five of them. Bill being the last one. Uh, there's uh, Oren Ichi. There is. The um, other chick. The other blonde chick. Right. L. L. Woods, maybe?
1: No, that's from
0: Legally Blonde. Alright, well, her name's <laughs> Elle Driver or something. Arrrr. Or she's played by somebody Elle named L. She's played by Daryl Hannah, so it's L, I think. L. Driver. Driver. Okay, so I had to write the second guess. Yeah, L. Driver. And uh, Vermita Green, played by Vivica A. Fox. Then Bud, played by Mike Madsen, Michael Madsen. Um, and then finally Bill, David Carradine. Um, each one is its own kind of. Uh, well. All of them, except for uh, Bud, have their just really kind of epic battle scene. Bud, I was always kind of not happy with how he died.
1: Well, you know, Bud did bury her alive.
0: No, I I understand that. I just, (laughs) like, you know, um, what happens with Bud is that he shoots her full of rock salt, buries her alive, and she gets out. (laughs)
1: Yeah, she gets out because of her ninja training.
0: And L Driver comes to buy Bud's Tari Hanzo sword. No, it wasn't Bud's. It was a. It was. Bill's. It was Uma's character. Oh, it was hers. Yeah, the bride. It was her. Oh Tari yeah, Hanzo. because he
1: stole her sword when he uh, buried her.
0: So he was going to sell it to L Driver, and uh, she plants a black mamba snake in his money, who uh, apparently has the worst venom ever. And the black mamba was. Uh, Uma Thurman's character's code name in the Assassin Force.
1: Well, I think it was just symbolic. It's not the worst venom ever, but the Black Mamba is known for um, a lot of field deaths in mm-hmm. Africa um, because it it can slither at about thirteen miles an hour. Wow. Yeah.
0: So so <laughs> yeah, so Bud dies from a series of snake bites to the to the face, and that is unfortunate. Um, And, you know, I guess it doesn't matter one way or the other, just... Oh,
1: yeah, and Elle gets her... She's blinded.
0: Yeah, Elle technically may not be dead. Yeah. She had one eye to begin with, and Uma Thurman's character pulls the other eye out.
1: Doesn't she just, like, ninja it out? Yeah, she's just like... She just grabs it with her hands and just pulls it right out.
0: And then there's, like, a scene where she squishes it between her toes, and it's kind of just it's nasty
1: yeah um, but she leaves her blind and in this really nasty old camper trailer with the black mamba with the black mamba loose so she might be dead yeah
0: she might have escaped
1: she She might have left the door open and it caught her anyway who knows
0: well, the thing is, is that her character name shows up at the end, where they're kind of, at the very end of the movie, they're doing, like, a scratch-through list of all the names, and her name gets a question mark by it. Ah. Um, and then...
1: I guess it depends on if Daryl Hannah wants to be in a Tarantino film again. <laughs> yeah. Well, honestly, I'm not sure I how... I hope she could... doesn't end up in a warehouse with some dude that's trying to make her into a human centipede. <laughs> Because that's how he, he lured some people to the warehouse by saying, yeah. oh, we're going to be in a Tarantino film. That's true, yeah. <laughs> um, if, you're, if you are ever asked to be in a Tarantino film, when you get to the warehouse, leave.
0: <laughs> yes. If you are at a warehouse, do not continue unless you meet Quentin Tarantino. First. And if you don't know who Quentin Tarantino is or what he looks like, then I can't help you. Then you should not you. be
1: in his movies. <laughs> Exactly. Because you might end up as a human centipede.
0: But, yeah, all that saying, uh, Kill Bill is just this amazing epic. And there has been talk of a Kill Bill Volume 3, and I don't know what they would do with that. Like, the only loose cannons are L-Driver, and that's it. Like, first of all, I don't know how they can have a Kill Bill without Bill, so they'd pretty much have to bring Bill back.
1: Well, it's not shot in order, so maybe it's previous stuff.
0: Yeah, I you know I'm interested to see what will happen if it, if anything ever does happen with it because
1: they might be talking about the um, re-editing of both of the movies together. That no, no,
0: the, it's not that there has been talk of a Kill Bill Volume Two and four or three and four for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, but I just I would definitely see it.
1: Yeah, I Either would way. too.
0: Anything that has Quentin Tarantino's name on it, I would go see. Which I proved when I went and saw um,
1: the Grindhouse movies.
0: No, no I, the Grindhouse movies were amazing, but I I went and saw Hero. This no, it it's it was some like really stylized uh, Japanese film, and uh, the only reason I saw it is it was you know Quentin Tarantino presents
1: oh, producer.
0: And the thing is he realizes that Quentin Tarantino went through and uh he put his name on a lot of movies that he wanted people to go and see.
1: Uh he put his name on Hostel and Hostel Part 2. That's yeah. why I
0: saw those cuz his name was on
1: him. and then I realized that they were not really kind of his kind of movie.
0: Right. Well, th- um he was fe- he was friends with uh Eli Roth. That's you know, he as you can see Eli Roth is in both Grindhouse and, uh, I don't and see Glorious Bastards. I, don't see- I mean it's, it's just a very, um, very like weird Asian movie. Like they do this whole there's this whole fight scene where these two like samurai or whatever were like fighting and they were like in the air the whole time and they'd fall down and like they'd dip the tip of their sword in the water and they'd use that to propel themselves back up like several feet in the air. Um, kind of like
1: Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah, the, it's exactly
0: like that. The,
1: the other one with the bamboo gang.
0: Yeah. I, I've exactly. never seen Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I What
1: was the one with the bamboo gang that was really good? House of a Thousand Daggers, I think is what it was called. Uh, House of Flying Daggers. That was good. I thought it was better than Crouching Tiger. But they were both very physics-defying. Yeah. Which apparently is is something you could do in Asia.
0: Yeah. master Kung Fu. Um, yeah, yeah, I saw that movie, and it was a decent movie, but it was this whole Japanese fighting movie thing that really isn't my scene. And he's done that with a couple other movies where he put his name on it. It's more or less just a producer. and I watched him, and I'm like, eh. But, you know, other than that, anything he makes proper... I think that's going to be our podcast for this week. uh, Next week, we will be doing at least one podcast from from Dragon Dragon Con. Con. Uh, What we will talk about, I don't know, because I don't know if we're going to have movies that we're planning on watching there. I mean, we'll have Netflix, whatever. Yeah. Our show is over. (laughs) I know.